We are the existentialists. Four existential psychotherapists invite you to join us in a dialogue about what it means to live an existentially tuned life. Your hosts are Xavier Williams, therapist in Vancouver, Canada. Janelle Dresner, therapist in Edmonton, Canada. Chelsea Stenner, therapist in South Surrey, Canada. And Mihaela Lounano, therapist in Vancouver, Canada. Hello and welcome to episode two of season two of the Existentialist Podcast. Um, today we are just two of us to kind of, it kind of makes a nice little um, synergy, two, two, two. Um, uh, just myself, Xavier uh, and Mahaila. Um, and uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, encountering ourselves. Uh, following on maybe a little bit from our last episode where we talked about maybe um, the those of us on Valentine's Day who did not have a Valentine and our encouragement was to uh, spend time with ourselves, maybe take ourselves on a date, um, turn towards ourselves. Um, and so that's really what we're going to attempt to do today, to talk about you know, how do we encounter ourselves? When do we encounter ourselves? What's the, what is that like? Um, and 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 why why should we do that? What for for what purpose? Um, so what do we what do we mean when when we say you know um, let's try and encounter ourselves? Thank you, Sal. Um, yeah, I think maybe we should uh, again remind ourselves what we mean by encounter in the context of um, this um, season of uh, the existentialist podcast. So the um, existential meaning of encounter. It's perhaps a bit uh, slightly different than what you mean by encounter in everyday language. So by encounter, we mean um, turning towards a person or ourselves with the um, intention of um, understanding, connecting, uh, seeing the, um, what is essential, what is at the core, at the heart of, of that uh, person or ourselves. Like it's um, a deeper um, view, a deeper perception of um, the essence of the other, of or of ourselves, and uh, yeah, it's a nice uh, kind of balance. Like last uh, time, we spoke mostly about encountering others. So in these episodes, we try to understand what does it mean to encounter ourselves. And you ask a great question, Sav, like how, how what does that even mean mm. to encounter ourselves, right? Yes, yeah, I, th I think essentially we we. Um, trying to to figure out how do we be with our essence, who we truly are. Mm -hmm. um, how do we? What is it like when that happens? Mm -hmm. uh, have we ever experienced it? Because mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah. I imagine for I mean I imagine I, I'm pretty sure that for a lot of people that's a difficult thing, mm -hmm. um, or maybe an infrequent thing and. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, I know in you know in our work as therapists, we see people who have difficulty with this mm -hmm. a lot, and indeed at the kind of far end of the spectrum, you know, this is really personality disorders in at the very very far end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, if you if you have difficulty encountering yourself, don't just assume <laughs> that you have a personality disorder, please. 
Yeah, and, and I think part of the difficulty is like, uh, how do we know that this is who we really or truly are? Like you mentioned the word essence, and that means basically like um, at my core, what is, um, who, who am I? Who is this myself that we would like to encounter? So I guess that is truly difficult. It's, um, it's not an easy question to answer, like how do I know that this is me? How do you know that this is who I truly am and not just a product or a reflection of the many things that shape our identity? Mm -hmm. Many social roles like family, upbringing, values, um, other people, expectations and, and so on. So I think that's a, that's a hard question. How do I know that um, this is truly me? I think for me and and maybe I can generalize to everybody that it's really about a feeling that we get like it just um I, I kind of just know um I I may not act in that way or I may not tell people I may not always act in accordance with myself but maybe but kind of somewhere deep down I I kind of know who I am um uh maybe not what I am but just that this is me, these feelings of me, or, and, and I think we've uh, talked about before, maybe not on the podcast, but uh, elsewhere about uh, the voice, that, 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 that little voice inside you that essentially tells you. Yeah, I agree that it's a felt sense, it's um, an intuition, a sensing of, yeah, as I draw nearer to myself, if I kind of quiet a bit of external influences the or the many voices that uh, sometimes are playing in my head right uh, voices of expectations of others or uh, yeah whatever we carry with us and as these um, uh, are more quiet and I draw nearer to my to my core and I sit in in silence and in a quiet space it's yeah I begin to to sense that <laughs> This is me. There is someone there who's um, more like emerging. Is dynamic. I, I don't suggest that there is something really static, right? But there is uh, always a, a another um, partner of dialogue, a voice that is very different than all the other voices that are some sometimes loud and demanding. It's a quieter voice that is. Um, that I recognize that this is this is myself. This is I speaking within me. It's probably also worth uh, noting or, or stating that you know certainly in philosophy and and in various psychotherapies there are uh, different conceptions of of the self and what is a self and and at least for today I think we, we were talking about this earlier about. That we could go into many depths and 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 to some long uh, philosophical debate, but at least for today, the idea of the of of the self of yourself, uh, I would suggest is is what we experience it to be, mm -hmm. rather than some clinical definition or some standard philosophical definition. So, for those of you listening, um, uh, try not to, to to reach for oh well, what is the self and anyway, everything, but very much. What do you understand yourself, you know, yourself to be? How do you feel it? How do you experience it? Yeah, it's very much a, a felt experience, and uh, I think we can all try to get a taste of it by again trying to quiet the 
external influences, including the the ones in our head, right? That pollute our thinking sometimes, and spend some time in in quiet, in silence, and um, trying to draw closer to our center, like usually in the gut area, like or in the heart area, like in literally at our core, and um, patiently, like staying there and waiting for. Um, for that uh, felt sense of s- something emerging, like that um, sense of, oh, this is me, this is... And there is a profound sense of intimacy there mm-hmm. when there is that uh, response coming from within us. Mm-hmm. And that's why we talk about inner dialogue, and we'll get to this later, I'm sure, more. But there is that process of uh, um, listening to what is uh, happening within myself at my core when I am with myself only and also how do I respond to that how do I engage yeah th- I, I think the, the, those two two words listening and 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 well, how do I listen how do I respond are, mm-hmm. are, are, are fundamental it's um we we, we m- for most things in life and and in particular here we need to pay attention what is going on what mm-hmm. um what do I feel? What is the thought that is occurring to me? What is that that sensation? Um, and this is one of the things I love about um, about you know existential analysis and it's kind of the way it does things um, is almost maybe not all the time, but frequently the res- a response to a client is, but what do you think about this? How do you feel? What do you say to this? Is this really how you want to respond, right? It's always kind of, you know, in the philosophical sense, we're always throwing you back on yourself. But it is really, a, I think, an attempt to, to, to hear that voice, that that voice that of that self, mm-hmm. at least to know what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are uh, we are calling the the person, we are calling uh, the client's mm-hmm. person or sense of self to to show up. Like it's not, uh, yeah. I agree with you. So many clients just uh, want feedback or um, from from therapists or what to do or advice or, or at least if not advice, some sort of a plan, without and then bypassing themselves, not checking with themselves. So I guess that's also you are pointing towards how we can do this <laughs> rather complex, you know, process. It's actually very simple in many ways and very hard at the same time. Yeah, that, that's one of my favorite um, things to say to clients. So the, the the answer is very simple. It's just incredibly difficult, um, and, and it is I, it is that 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 calling. Uh, another example that um, to kind of illustrate, to kind of you know um, give everybody listening a bit of context. Um, uh, I, I some often I actually have clients, and I think I've said this before, who will speak in the third person. Mm-hmm. Will say, you know, when you or um, or, or uh, they won't say they won't speak with the royal we kind of or one, but but they will they won't use the word I, and I often will make them repeat and, and so or, or I'll say but I don't think that you know what do you really really personalizing it mm-hmm. um, for a whole host of reasons uh, not uh, not least because. You know, at least in the therapy session in the hour, or indeed in life, it, it is you. Mm-hmm. Even if you're within a system and you're part of a um, 
uh, kind of a more communitarian culture, right? The life you experience is still you, fundamentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so true. And that's why it's important that, of course, we call our clients, right? And we ask them, what do you think? I, I want to uh, encounter you, to see you in this. And then hopefully um, th- they will learn that and then they will call themselves. And this is kind of encountering oneself starts by um, wanting to turn towards ourselves and calling ourselves. Like it requires a, a calling, like, hey, I'm, how am I doing? Mm-hmm. How do I really feel about this? What do I really think? Is it really how I think or is it how my mom or partner thinks? I, I was just thinking about, um, uh, I know we talked about, we were probably going to share th- these things anyway, um, about when we might have kind of really um, been with ourselves uh, um, and and how do we know and how did we know and and I had various examples but I just uh, a memory occurred to me um, recently uh, not recently like right now the last couple of minutes um, of when I was either four or six um, and I was um, visiting my grandparents in France and um, uh, this was so. This would have been mid eighties, and I remember lying in bed. It was around Christmas time, not having actually asked, kind of in the kind of sent a letter to Santa or anything um, for this particular toy. But I remember lying in bed and voicing my actual wish. Mm-hmm. Right, it was for the for for a, a Brave Star toy. Um, uh, very maybe an obscure kind of cartoon for, for a lot of people, but when when we when you were talking, this occurred to me that was very much me mm-hmm. voicing what I really me. It was my choice. It's not what I had told my grandparents. It's not what I told my mother or my father. Or uh, it it had never come out, mm-hmm. but it really was what I wanted as a four year old or six year old, right? <laughs> Who really only wants toys. Mm-hmm. But I, but I, I knew that because maybe because I hadn't told anybody. It only belonged to me. Yeah, that's this beautiful, beautiful memory. Yeah, it points towards that intimacy, like with yourself. You only you knew it, and at the same time you knew it so clearly, and you had to take the time to say it, mm. J- even for yourself. That's. That's beautiful. And I think that's one of the things that um, in, in therapy is very important to ask clients to help them encounter themselves, to turn towards themselves, is what do you want? What do you really want? What do you wish for? Mm. And it's, um, For some clients, it's a novelty that they are asked to ask themselves what they want because usually they think, well, this is what people expect from me. What do you mean what I want? And so that um, could be scary initially, like, oh, to find out that, but could be very freeing as well. Absolutely, and I've I've, I've certainly seen that. Um, and one of the things to, you know, again, to if we're trying to help our listeners uh, engage with this, uh, where it might be scary is that realizing what your what you want, what you very much long for, or your you know, connecting with yourself doesn't mean you necessarily have to act on it or voice it or or or, or, or go against anything else you, you 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 do generally. It but to know to mm-hmm. 
to recognize it, to touch it, to talk to, to interact with it, mm-hmm. um, is in and of itself is incredibly valuable, even if that's as far as you ever go. Not to uh, not to silence that, to listen, to search, to seek for it, and to acknowledge it, rather than turning a blind eye and pretending that it's not there or trying to cover up quickly wishes, longings, desires. Because yeah, I also notice with some clients they live by such um, external standards that they cannot even voice for themselves a wish, a desire that usually seems very human. But there is so much judgment, self-judgment, that um, it's not possible even to acknowledge it in that intimacy with oneself without saying saying it publicly. So I guess that's also important for encountering oneself to to turn towards ourselves with openness and gentleness rather than that self-judgment. I guess something hard, something that is really hard for some people is they turn, <laughs> let's say they sit in silence and really try to connect and there is a lot of hatred and self-loathing and shame coming up. And that is like, um, it's like, oh, I hate myself. I don't like myself. So I guess that's uh, very hard for some people to to even attempt to encounter themselves. Oh, uh, ab- absolutely. And so, th- yeah, the, the encouragement there is, is at least in the first instance, the task is is simply to notice, simply to see it, to observe it. Uh, maybe you don't even engage with it yet, but to to at least know that it's there, to to to, to maybe not even to know, just to sense, just to feel that, yeah, there, there is me there. I exist somewhere, um, uh, in a some degree of abstract feeling. Uh, hopefully you get to interact with it and realize it and then ultimately maybe even act in accordance with yourself <laughs> with yourself ultimately but at the very 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 first instance just this idea just to 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 notice it to observe it yeah, to to be able to discern to differentiate this is me and maybe there are lots of other things that are <laughs> occupying me, like other expectations, others, voices, and all that. But to even if it's a very tiny voice, a very tiny experience of myself, it's still it's still me. And ca- it can be covered in shame sometimes. But even if um, if we make room even for that, say I'm I am ashamed rather than saying. I'm a horrible person or I hate myself to say I'm I'm ashamed and I feel I feel that but I'm still with myself. I guess that in itself may start undoing that shame if someone is able to acknowledge with that openness that even that is is um one's own experience. So it's okay. So so you alluded to, to it earlier about kind of quieting quietening mm-hmm. things um is that the only way that we do that that we where where we have to kind of sit by ourselves in our room and switch off the lights and make sure there's no noise and uh, but essentially meditate i suppose is the kind of um uh, uh how, how might we do this how do we go about this no, I don't think so. I think that uh, was like uh, betraying my my way of like well, one of my preferred ways of doing it. But no, I also for myself, I experienced very much myself, for example, in nature. And like um, 
after a beautiful hike, like arriving at the top of a mountain and seeing the, the beauty, the, the majestic beauty of the mountains and of the natural beauty. Like sometimes it's like really I feel fully um, uh, myself and I, I feel that myself is kind of like um, full of joy. So there is that, um, that oneness with myself and I guess with the nature in, in those moments. In moments of um, um, like vitality, joy, like dancing, for example, like uh, music, listening to music, that's uh, also something that it's, uh, uh, I find really that this is me and I, um, I don't even have room for other <laughs> others' expectations or values or whatever. This is, this is me and I simply listen to that felt sense and mm. my body and how my body wants to move. Yeah, mu- music is a is a big one for me as well, and 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 it's not music generally; it's particular songs, particular pieces that, and particular instruments sometimes even that that seem to to connect with me. Um, but as as you describe that, you know those kind of the vistas and the mm-hmm. uh, the the nature. It reminded me of, and this was the example that I would that I had planned planned maybe to <laughs> to 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 bring up. I remember. Again, I was uh, 10, 11 maybe, and I remember just lying kind of half in my lounge and half kind of onto the patio in my house growing up in South Africa. And so it was middle of summer, and so it was hot. Uh, was it? may not even have been. It was still hot. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember listening to music on a, on a, a really kind of rudimentary cassette mm-hmm. player um, and big earphones. And um, and lying there, feeling the sun on my body, and listening to the music, and just being so int- incredibly content, kind of feeling the the sun, looking at the sky. Um, I, I didn't know it at the time, of course. I didn't. I didn't have this conception of self or or even the philosophical understanding. But it was certainly amongst the most remarkable experiences of of me being me because I was alone I was there wasn't anybody else there I had no other information coming it was just what I was feeling and experiencing from the environment and the music and as you said kind of feeling quite joyful in that quite mm-hmm. um with myself I suppose mm-hmm. well that that also that brought up uh, my own memory of like being at my grandparents in in a rural area in Romania in you know in the woods and lying in in the grass, right, and looking at the blue sky, you know, on a summer afternoon, and having that feeling of fullness, like of and of me, like this is this beauty, and I'm in it, and I belong in it, and I'm part of it. But it was the fullness and the joy that I was. Uh, I had no doubt that that was me, in the very concentrated, pure form. So. And it's uh, also I was thinking that sometimes moments when we we are uh, we are very aware of uh, the beauty surrounding us or a value that draws us, and we we almost lose ourselves and at the same time feel ourselves the most, which is a bit paradoxical. Yeah, no, no. I, I, you say as you said it, I, I knew exactly what you meant. There is that kind of um, not not entirely lost, but the kind of that, the boundaries between yourself and the world, kind of uh, maybe not disappear, but are irrelevant. Mm-hmm. 
I think is maybe the best way of, of putting it. <laughs> I don't know why. It's a bit of a silly thing that that comes up, but in um, in the um, TV series Community, there's a, an episode in which um, one of the characters goes to the air conditioning repair school, and uh, and he gets taken into this room, and there's just a chair, and he walks in, and uh, he's asked the question, well, "Do you feel that?" And he said, "No." And he said, and and the response is, well, precisely, this is the this is room temperature. This is the room, and his response is, I don't know where my skin, where where, where my body starts and where the air touches it. Like it's just in that, mm-hmm. you know, there, there isn't that boundary. Um, uh, certainly resonant from what from my you know your example in the lying in the in the forest and the sun mine in the in the sun that it yeah uh, at least and i suppose that these are two wonderful joyful full examples but might we feel ourselves in less um pleasant circumstances maybe oh oh totally like uh, when we feel pain when we suffer absolutely i think it's a, a different kind of intimacy with myself but i think sickness and suffering could be physical sickness as well, especially chronic physical sickness, but it can can be acute. Like There is a profound uh, thrownness onto oneself and um, an opportunity to either encounter myself and try to be with myself in, and endure that, or um, a tremendous potential to be incredibly lonely and um, to suffer from the meaninglessness of that suffering or pain. But I think pain and suffering quickly makes us aware that <laughs> we are we, that uh, this is me. Like even if we cut our finger, right? I know precisely that there is a boundary there. I don't wonder uh, where do I begin and why <laughs> where does the knife end? So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a very vi- vivid example. I suppose if you didn't wonder that in that moment, you probably have other issues. Um, <laughs> um, but that's yeah, p- uh, pain. It, it would be difficult to imagine actually experiencing pain and not knowing that mm-hmm. it this was you, um, uh, and 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 perhaps that's maybe a an easier kind of general or universal thing to to understand. Right? I, I I think there are very very few people in the world, you know, the you know, bar those who have some weird ge- genetic disorder. Who who haven't felt pain? Who don't know what pain feels like? Um, and and who don't know what excruciating pain pain feels like? Even if it's uh, the excruciating pain of a paper cut, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and not just you know not the, the maybe the, the torment and heartbreak of 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 losing uh, a love or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, pain. So in pain we find ourselves. Mm-hmm. Is that a bit too trite? No, I think it goes well with. <laughs> with this, yeah, I think in in pain, and um, so I think sometimes uh, it's important to encourage clients to ask themselves the question: not only what do I want, what do I like, but also where do I suffer? Where um, where where does my heart break? What uh, where is my what is my grief or wh- what is my longing? So like to also or something uh, um, a suffering that has been chronic and maybe never encountered. So these are also ways in which we can 
uh, experience ourselves. And also another way just uh, to connect with the previous episode in, in love, we like through the eyes and the, the presence of a loved ones, I think that we also encounter ourselves. We see ourselves through the eyes, through the heart of the other. So that's a um, kind of again mysterious way of like through the other, I can connect deeper with myself, through the other who loves me and sees me and sees my value. I come home to myself. Mm. Th- th- then we, we maybe kind of touch on um, one of my, one of the most um, uh, transformative transcendent kind of pieces of philosophy that i ever read and this was uh hegel and talking about he talks about the theory of recognition mm. and that um it says something to the effect of we can only achieve full personality through seeing ourselves in others mm-hmm. um and that's you know as if you know that another person is it reflects ourselves to ourselves and mm-hmm. between our sense of self and and their reflection we we really find ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think the Martin Buber, another philosopher like that, is really connected more with the existentialist personalism ideas. Like he also says something similar. Like I um, I become eyes through you, uh-huh. and it doesn't mean that um, uh, I do not exist without you, right? That I'm not my own person. But like to achieve the status of a of a I and or or a thou for you, I I need that. Um, um, no encounter to mm-hmm. to be seen by you in order to be a full I, a full myself, and uh, vice versa for uh, you to become thou to me. I um, I must see you as a thou, not just uh, as an it, as um, someone uh, indifferent. I must connect with you personally and see your value and appreciate your value. So we so we can see um, encounter ourselves on our own, with others, in joy, in pleasure, in pain and suffering, um, w- you know, again, without trying to be overly simplistic, it, it would seem that we can encounter ourselves pretty much anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> we can encounter ourselves pretty much everywhere as long as um, we um, pay attention to where we are. <laughs> wherever we are, right? Like um, I'm, I said to a client once, like he was talking about something with um, eating too much and stuff like that. And I, I and he said, well, I, I know that I shouldn't, but I do and all that. So I said, well, how, what could help me? You know, I said, well, where, um, where are you when you do this? Like, are you with yourself? And he found it quite um, helpful, like to, ask himself when he does something like, am I with myself or have I left myself somewhere? Mm-hmm. Can I still check with that, um, you know, that um, core uh, of me, that felt sense of me? Can I still check with that? How do I feel? Is it good for me? Um, is, am I doing something that uh, corresponds to me, that does justice to me? So that, uh, so yeah, we can be every anywhere and with pretty much everyone, uh, as long as we keep that connection and we check. And I think even we say that even in relationships, we we are um, fully present. And the relationship is good to the extent that I can remain with myself. So then, uh, 
an, an objection, it's not really an objection, but it's something I can imagine that maybe some listeners might be thinking is, well, but if I keep on asking myself, well, where am I? You know, it's a lot of I, 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 me, 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 me. You know, I'm not, am I not tending towards the narcissism? Am I, am I not being be, going to become selfish because I'm just paying attention to myself? Yeah, well, the easy answer is like, well, the narcissist or any narcissistic tendencies are pretty much all departures from oneself and not knowing that uh, felt experience of who am I, but constantly trying to find that in substitutes, right? Like um, for narcissists, since you mentioned it, like in prestige, uh, power, um, uh, valuing, any kinds of sources of uh, self-valuing, but always... Uh, departing or leaving oneself behind so never having access to that felt experience of who i am so no i don't think it's uh, narcissistic is the opposite of narcissism or any personality disorder or any uh, selfish tendency i think selfishness is actually being without oneself it's uh, i think that some people talk now about selffulness right it's not when they say i'm acting um, authentically as me, fully me, rather than uh, to, to kind of counter-argue counter, counter uh, the, the selfishness theory that, oh, you are selfish if you choose yourself. Mm. So I, I think that, uh, I think selfish people, they do not know who they are. Mm. Uh, th that's an, an, an interesting uh, word or concept. I've n I haven't heard of it. That Would you say self-fullness? In order to counter the the kind of the the pejorative um, selfishness, yeah, I, I I can see that for sure. Um, and indeed, the, you know, the, I've I've seen many articles recently actually who that kind of are almost encouraging uh, a greater degree of self selfishness, or probably in you know now that you've said it, selffulness mm -hmm. that 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 we ought to maybe ask ourselves a bit more and, and maybe ask for some things a bit more um, for ourselves, not not to the exclusion of others, but because it's about us. Um, the other thing to, to note, I suppose, is that um, uh, people with, you know, let's say narcissistic, always a great word for me to say, narcissistic personality, uh, tend not to worry about whether they're being selfish or not. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And with the selfishness, like um, I think I said people who are selfish are probably, they don't know who they are. It's because I think if we truly have an experience, uh, that felt experience of who they are and um, the respect for that and for our own boundaries and for what is good for us, then we also understand in the others that they, uh, that and respect that in the others, and I'm not just um, um, wanting to to get something for the other person, for me, me, me only, I can sense, oh, there is uh, another person who also has this felt experience, so there is this respect and honoring of the others, while selfish people, I think they don't even imagine that there is someone else besides them. I, I, so so here we I think we, we we touch back to really to the encounter, not just encounter with myself, but then I get to have the the actual encounter with the other person because I recognize let's call it my selfishness and their selfishness, and I understand, and we can have some degree of mutual connection in that. Um, and, and that's a nice um, a nice kind of 
if we had designed it a kind of a roundabout way from our segue from the previous episode to being with and falling in love to self-love and uh, and being with yourself and now we kind of almost you know through that become um, uh, we we are more easily with others yeah I think it is really full circle and uh, encountering others and encountering oneself are really dynamic poles of the same kind of um, continuum and I think that uh, talking about love I mean there are people who say oh I hate myself I hate my body I hate this about me but they keep fantasizing and longing for someone to love them fully and accept them fully as they are without asking them to change. And it's it's just such a fantasy. Like if we do not manage to see our own value and to respect our own sense of self and that experience of who we are, how in the world will anyone else know that first if we don't cannot communicate it or express it and let alone completely accept us and love us so it's a bit of a i think a false statement that uh, people uh, who really do not love themselves uh, make a grand or huge love declaration oh i love everyone or i'm such a loving person and look at me nobody loves me i think it's worth some looking at what's going on really because if we don't love ourselves i don't think we really can love another human being because you just don't have that capacity like to realize the preciousness of um, of being a person of being oneself so how can we how in the world can we see it and appreciate it in the others yeah i mean i think i i i i, I completely follow and, uh, and and agree with that right you, we need to have the capacity for ourselves if we're ever hopeful to have the capacity for anybody else and indeed for them to 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 have us um, so, you know, we, we've kind of suggested and, 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 and intimated and, and, and even maybe giving some specific things, but, uh, without wanting to be, um, like a, you know, a kind of a, a self-help uh, magazine with these are the 10 steps to connecting with yourself. Um, uh, w- what could we say to, 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 to listeners and say, you know, if you're struggling with this, maybe try th- this out, maybe go, tr- go here. Uh, maybe pay attention to this. What what might we do? Well, I hope that even uh, by um, kind of defining and describing this topic a bit more and bringing uh, awareness to the fact that it's not only about meeting someone out there, right? Uh, only the encounter with someone else is important, but even the idea and making room for the idea of it's also... Um, me who <laughs> I need to encounter. There is also my my own person whom I need to encounter. I think it's important to keep in mind because I think um, some some clients, especially those suffering from loneliness, isolation, they tend to overlook completely that there is a, a partner of dialogue with them at all times, that we are our own dialogue partner, our very <laughs> faithful partner in the sense that it's we are always there with ourselves. Uh, we may want to leave ourselves, but it's kind of impossible. So even realizing that we have a friend and a partner within ourselves, in ourselves, it, I think it's huge. You, you, you I, I absolutely agree. And, and you remind me of, again, another thing from my, child, from my childhood, rich of, of these things, apparently. Um, 
and and surprisingly actually actually for um you know uh, apartheid South Africa in the eighties, but there was this um uh, advert on TV um where it's kind of this um late nineteenth century um dock like a harbor and there's this um sailboat well, sailboat but this vessel coming in and there's a man who's kind of approaching the the, the, the boat and the voiceover says something like today this man is going to meet somebody he's known as all his whole life somebody who's experienced all these things with him and there's pain and there's joy and everything and um and so then finally the boat docks and then walking down the gangway is this man who looks exactly like the the other person and so you know, naturally you, you probably assume it's twins right in your in their brother and uh, but the the tagline of the advert was it pays to be your own best friend mm-hmm. and this was put on by the south african mental health mm-hmm. association um and it, it's obviously stuck you know sat with me you know 30 odd years later um and i remember but i remember the profundity of that right that mm-hmm. that you could be your own best friend and I think this is maybe what we're really getting at, right? This is how you might do it, that, that you could have that person to talk to who is also you. Absolutely, and with, uh, with clients like uh, who treat themselves quite badly and critical, I sometimes ask them, would you tell that to your best friend? You say that you have uh, some very good friends, you love them deeply, would you ever talk to them the way you talk to yourself? So in the same idea, like when we when we catch ourselves in you know self-deprecating or criticism or swearing at ourselves or whatever, <laughs> like to realize, well, this is me whom I'm talking to. This is hmm, pr- probably the most stable, omnipresent best friend I will ever have because, of course, I can have lots of best friends, but you know, things happen in life, and even those best friends go home and. But I am with myself all the time. If I care to turn towards myself and be curious about how I experience, what do I think, what do I see, what do I perceive from reality. So I think how you cultivate that is by what we're talking here about the inner dialogue. Like an inner dialogue doesn't mean just because some clients say, well, do you want me to talk with myself? Like, isn't that crazy and then no (laughs) it's like an inner that like really curiosity towards yourself how are you right now how am i doing right now how am i truly doing am i in pain am i happy am i disconnected where am i am i with myself like just checking the way we we check with our best friends i think those are all incredibly valuable um ways of treating ourselves and and yeah, you, uh, you're right. I've I've had that also with clients, but you know, won't that make me crazy? And and you know, one of the things I says is, say is, yeah, if you know you're talking to yourself, you're not crazy, right? <laughs> That's kind of a one of the, the, the one of the the um, indicators. Um, but uh, in in a very practical sense, um, I I've often encouraged clients to to talk or even write, mm-hmm. literally a dialogue between themselves and themselves. Right, so it would, for for me it would be a Xavier number one, Xavier number two, and he and they talk to each other, and they question each other, kind of almost in that Socratic kind of way, you know. Well, but you said this. Well, why did you say this? Well, do you really? And you go back and forth, and um, yeah, I say to clients, you can do that quietly, or you can do that literally out loud, verbally, um, but just 
and it, 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 it initially it seems a bit bizarre. Mm-hmm. Well, why do I need to talk to myself? I I know what I think, and I think maybe this is almost the point. Is is if I know what I think, or if I have this narrative of me, well, that's really just a monologue. It's a, a one version of things. There's no questioning. There's no conversation. There's no even kind of challenging of is this really me? Is this really what I feel? Am I really that bad? Am I really that shameful? Yeah, that's the whole point to uh, to challenge our beliefs, to ask ourselves: Is it really so? Is this is this me? feels that or maybe someone else told me that and I kind of took it in and yeah absolutely very important journaling yeah in writing could be in the form of a dialogue but even like you know journaling uh, spending some time again with myself and and writing down it's it's very helpful to for and also it's important to to note how we speak with ourselves right because <laughs> if if uh, we shout at ourselves and again uh, deprecate ourselves, that's not in a dialogue. That is, um, as I said in another episode, is probably my mom talking with myself or <laughs> my dad talking with myself or whoever. <laughs> right? This is not me. Again, you said something about that voice, like that. Uh, usually, the voice of uh, our own self is, uh, if we get past the barriers of shame and self-loathing. There is a, a faithful, reliable, soft, but firm voice that always know. We always know when what is right. We always uh, have that intuition. We we can cover it up quickly, not listening to it. But I think there is a deep knowing uh, that comes from that core self. That um, we know what's good for us, and we we know who we are. But that can be forgotten or silenced by all mm. these powerful voices yeah or neglected mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and i was i was thinking like in the vein of like you know dating is um, dating for valentine's day and dati- dating with ourselves also to to have that um, also a bit of a commitment to ourselves and like com- commitment to care for ourselves to 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 make time for ourselves in a day to check with ourselves yeah, so actually, in the, on the, everything you're saying tonight is 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 triggering memories of things, and 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 uh, I, particularly on this kind of the the dating thing about knowing yourself. Um, uh, I have a client, and and uh, I, I I know he's got permission because he he said to me, he said, I, I just want to be mentioned on your podcast. I'm not going to say who he is, but you know, he, I'm sure he'll know. Um, but um, he he. Talk to me about told me about these when he would he after many you know much work that he when he started to go on dates he would um, he would tell um, the potential suitor the 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 woman in front of him that um, he had three skeletons in his closet you know there were X Y and Z I have this 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 and this and and. I remember hearing this and going, wow, that's an incredibly courageous thing to say on a first date. Like you've sat down, you're ordering your meal and suddenly this guy comes out and says, by the way, I am X, Y, and Z. And uh, ultimately it actually worked out really well for him. Um, But I I won't go into that. But the idea that he could come to a place of, of, of knowing these three things, of all the things about me, you need to know, and moreover, they are not going to change. They are me. 
I think is a wonderful testament to to himself and and then that it ultimately actually ended up succeeding in, into a long-term relationship um, almost because of those that specific statement um, it, it was just a wonderful thing to witness and a wonderful thing to to see but you know and, and maybe as I said you know, kind of requires a degree of courage a degree of courage and self-acceptance mm. and seeing us for who we truly are and, and accepting that because it's unlikely will be different in in really at our core right so trying to that um, going a bit of a tangent all these um, desperate efforts in which some people engage to self-improve and become better selves and all that i mean that's great that we want to become better at something so i'm not suggesting not to try that but there is this idea that there must be another variant of myself that is better and if i only work hard I will get there, and until then, I'm not good enough. I think they are just se- seriously uh, fantasies, and uh, fantasies, and not good enough is an addiction to me, because it never feels never ever good enough. So that uh, that goes back to the self acceptance. If I accept the three skeletons in my closet, and maybe there are more than three, <laughs> then then I can I'm on solid ground with myself. And then I'm on solid ground with others because even if they turn to me and say, oh, this is appalling. If you are one or two of these, that's it. I'm out of here. That's great. I mean, I used to say that rejection brings us closer to ourselves. I mean, it hurts like hell, of course, but it really brings us closer to who we really are because if someone says, oh, I don't like you, I don't see you, like that, okay, thank you. Indeed, and and then and then it kind of almost, even if it hurts in the moment, it 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 spares us potentially a lifetime of suffering, I, you know. In this instance, in the kind of the that kind of relational aspect, um, yeah, I like that that idea that de- declaring self acceptance gives me ground, right? It makes me, it gives me a solidity, something to stand on to say, yes, this is who I am, um, and and I'm okay with it. Uh, if you're not okay with it, well, okay, that's sad unfortunate painful 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 hurtful um but i can still be in and then i can still move on and and i think that is huge huge so i think in ea we said like uh, whatever we cannot accept in ourselves it's a weakness and this is our kind of weak point and this is why we feel rejected uh, when others can point that to us but if we already decided okay these are my skeletons or weaknesses and I'm okay with that. I don't have to be ecstatic about it, but to say, yeah, this is me. This is that's that's an incredible um, foundation for mm. any kind of relationship. Yeah, and I think that's an important point to make: is I don't have to be happy about them. Mm-hmm. I don't have to like them, but if I can accept them, then it puts it transforms it, puts it into a whole different domain, and at least I'm not maybe fighting against it or in some kind of desperate state. Um, which, which I think, uh, 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 at least in my experience, I've I've seen a lot of clients in that position, where the things that they are unable to accept are, are actually not that awful. You know, they're not. You know, th- th- it's not that they can't accept that they're child murderers. Right? <laughs> it's, no, it's it's really simple um, uh, uh, things that most of us would would be would forgiven in in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And so once they get to a point of saying, yes, this is 
who I am. This is a behavior I have. This is a, a, a thing that I've done. This is a, 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 a something that I regret. It, it really does tend to transform it and, and uh, yeah, I suppose tends towards self-acceptance. Because when uh, when we cannot accept something, it doesn't matter how much the others tell us. Oh, I, I have no problem with that. Oh, but I love you just the way you are. Don't worry about it. We cannot. So it's uh, that's why again it's the um, turning towards ourselves and taking ourselves seriously and working on this self acceptance are so important because nothing gets in from the outside other either if we if we cannot be you know reasonably good accord is ourselves and self-acceptance there is always be like i cannot believe the other who tells me oh i i like your weakness <laughs> if if i am I, if i consider that a weakness it's just there is no way yeah 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 i mean it it kind of reminds me a little bit of a, a thing that i maybe a, a bit of advice that um i often um couples who come and see me or who inquire um one of the things I say often is, it, particularly in in terms of financial constraints, if it's a choice between um, couples therapy or individual therapy, do individual therapy, do yourself, right? because you're you're more likely to to have your your relationship work if you met, you know, work on yourself and are able to accept yourself, love yourself, do all these things. Because it does it kind of everything we've said the whole episode. It'll give you that ground, that acceptance, that capacity to engage in a different way to relate in a different way to your partner absolutely and on the um, kind of on the final note or before we finish i just wanted to say bring it back to therapy and um, therapeutic context it's so important for the therapist to do this work of um, accepting oneself and cherishing oneself and um, we talk about self-care a lot because without being ourselves and um, I think we exude or we project. <laughs> it, it's hard to hide that uh, it's either we do have some self-respect and a good connection with ourselves, and that comes across, or we don't. And then we kind of tiptoe, probably in sessions, and we tiptoe around our clients' problems around self-acceptance, self-worth, and so on. Mm -hmm. So really, really important to try to to do our best. I mean, we are not perfect, but to do um, our work to yeah to to have regular encounters with ourselves yeah and, and that that would go with all the you know the, the plethora of research that mm -hmm. th that suggests that um, it's not so much about how educated a therapist is or how or what their philosophy or, or informing um, uh, methodology is uh, or indeed their experience but it's really about who they are and the relationship that they have with their clients mm -hmm. And if if they don't have that relationship with themselves, they can't have a relationship with their clients. And and this is what uh, for myself personally, um, taking the training in existential analysis, that all that um, emphasis on the development of the person of the therapist was so transformative. And this was something. This is one of the things I appreciate deeply about existential analysis and training and self experience and all that. Because it truly uh, develops that capacity to be with oneself. And again, it doesn't have to be happy, the happiest moments of my life. But still, even with pain, maybe I'm disappointed in myself or something. Even with those, I can still say yes to myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and maybe this is the, maybe the first um, explicit um, plug that, that, that we might have had actually for, for 
um, existential analysis and and the, the training that that we've gone through as you know as um, existential um, uh, therapists uh, that certainly I w- I personally wouldn't be the therapist I am without without having gone through this training. Uh, it it forced me to confront many 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 things uh, in 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 very stark ways and in very tender ways and very accepting ways. Um, and uh, yeah, certainly I, I I couldn't certainly for any aspect. See, even I have to accept that I stumble over my own words sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, uh, any aspiring therapist, uh, it would you know not because you need to be an ex- because existentialism is brilliant, but this particular training, that development of self was was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, that was a um, central part, maybe central part, maybe the central part for for me to and to develop that confidence as a therapist that doesn't come from how many trainings I have and how many skills I have in my or strategies I have in my toolkit, so to speak. But really, about I can be with myself even if everything falls apart and I forget everything, all the skills, strategies. I still, I can still be with myself, and through myself, I can connect with with the client. Mm-hmm. I think that's another important thing in sessions. Like if we remain with ourselves and check with ourselves, we can uh, have um, an, a better understanding, a personal understanding of our clients' mm-hmm. difficulties and sufferings. And if I'm gone somewhere else, and if I look in my toolbox to <laughs> to try a new method, or if I'm staying in my head it's very likely that I will not understand. I will miss what is really essential and important for my client. Yeah, I think, I mean, as you talk, I I have just more ideas and more thoughts come to mind and we could probably talk about this for for the rest of the evening. Um, But perhaps, perhaps this is, this is where we we can end it um, to, to kind of um, limit it, to not overcomplicate it. Um, And maybe that's, a thing to, to to try and reinforce. You know, we, we suggested it at the beginning that there's not a, a, a philosophical debate about what is the self and does the self really exist, and it's really about what it feels to you. And 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 but it's really an encouragement to to be with yourself, to talk to yourself, a, a dialogue with yourself, not monologue. Big emphasis on the dialogue, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, and maybe, maybe come to self-acceptance. Um, hopefully, and certainly, we would like to know. And yes, we would like to know. And in this, uh, in this sense, like to encourage you to reflect uh, more on this topic, we leave you with the existential question. What is it like for you to be with yourself? In um, in the sense of um, uh, how we discuss it tonight, like to to draw closer to yourself, to to get a, a felt sense of who are you, how do you see certain things, what do you like, what uh, what can you accept of yourself. So try to engage with this question: What is it like for you to be with yourself? And um, would love to hear from you. Thank you for for being with us tonight, and. Um yeah, um, we look forward to to hearing about how you are with yourselves. Follow us on Instagram at Existentialist Podcast. 
and let us know your answer to today's existential question. To learn more about us, listen to and learn about other episodes, visit our website at existentialistpodcast.com.